Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I am talking with Louise McKeown, Market Networks Marketing Director. How are you doing, Louise? I'm good. How are you, Ronan? I'm great, thanks. So before we start, tell us a bit about your background. Um, so I have had the pleasure of working in the comms industry for all of my career. Without giving away my age, I am in this industry a little over 21 years. So uh, I know the ins and outs um, of the industry, um, and it's an industry that is ever-changing. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, it's look, it's an industry that we can't survive without, and it's one that is going as important today as it was number of years ago but now we're getting to the stage where um i've seen a number of research reports that is now showing connectivity or broadband is now being classified as a fourth utility yeah that's how important it is to businesses and homes well I can imagine that when you first started doing uh, work in telecoms if, if we had a pandemic we couldn't cope the way we can now because technology is so different But you're right, years ago, 10 years ago, doing what we are doing today, for those of us that are fortunate to be able to work from home and work remotely, uh, it wouldn't have been possible, uh, primarily because connectivity and reach of connectivity throughout the Ireland of Ireland wasn't where it is at today. Yeah. So in, in a number of cases, you would have had no or limited choice. Now, for about 98% of our country, you have at least one or two uh, choices of technologies that you can look at to get yourself connected. Well, I, can, I remember I saw a mem a couple of years ago, and it showed basically a journalist from the 1990s and the equipment they used. And it had, like a, it had basically a video camera, a normal camera, uh, audio recording device, everything. A load of things you carry in a big, big backpack. Now they can do that via mobile phone, one device. Yeah, we've we've had some experience with uh, live events, live sporting events, and live events going around the country. Um, and like you say, uh, now all they're carrying is a SIM card. Once they have a SIM card and they can connect to a, a, a wireless service, um, they're good to go. Everything in the cloud. So underpinning everything that they're doing now is decent connectivity. Yeah, and the, early in the year, you did some research that shows. The communication sector has seen is it's you get me scores drop by twelve percent during COVID nineteen. How do you, how does that compare to previous years? So it is a significant drop um, this year. The COVID nineteen has impacted us, but what the you get me score is showing is that within the communication sector, one people have had to rely on more than ever to be. Responsiveness of communication companies to their customers is not at the level that customers expect. So, to, for example, when you are at home and you cannot connect into your office VPN, you need help immediately. You cannot sit and wait to dial through and press your menu to be told you've got a wait time of X amount of minutes. And I think that's what's had to happen in the communication sector. This is the stark reality of what's going on in our world. We are a, a, a generation, if you like, that have been brought up to expect instant gratification. Waste times is not something we are used to doing. There was a piece of research uh, at MarketWatch broadcast last year to say that on average, 
a consumer can expect to hold for 43 days of their life. Yeah. And when you put that in context, when you have an issue and you need help, holding for more than three or four minutes is not okay. So operators like Mega Networks and, 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 and some of our competitors, we have to react and put the customer at the centre to make sure that you can solve for an issue. These people are buying a service from us. Yeah. So the service has to be available. And if an issue or they have an issue using your service, they have to be able to speak to a human. It doesn't help to speak to a system that's automated to give responses based on what, what keywords you've, you've pronounced at the beginning of your call. You've got to be able to speak to a human so they can interpret, one, the empathy that's required for the issue that you may be having, and two, the expertise a problem, and to let you know that it's been solved by somebody who can solve it for you. Yeah, and also in this day and age, you need broadband more and more to do simple things. This is the thing, uh, you know, from turning on your light switch at home to checking your CCTV cameras in the office to uploading your payroll to pay your staff, it's underpinning everything that businesses do. And, you know, frankly speaking, somebody working in an office does not want to have to think about the broadband. They expect it to work. Yeah. And that's why we always would we talk to people who are either working at home or working in an office environment Buy the broadband that's right for you for what you need it to do. If your whole entire business relies on your broadband connection, probably paying 10 or 20 or 30 euro a month isn't the right broadband connection for you. Yeah. Or if it is, have a backup. Have an alternative technology backup. Connectivity is reasonably priced nowadays. So there's plenty of options for people to look at an alternative backup to their standard broadband that they may bring into the home or into I never thought that my parents do a lot of stuff online. They can shoot me via their smartphones. And they don't, they're on basically a page you go, so they don't really use much credit. And they only actually go online via Wi-Fi, which is, which is through their broadband. With no broadband, they couldn't do that. And I'm sure there's other people of my parents' age and who are that same scenario. They only use broadband mainly for their mobile phones. That's very, very true, but... One of the at the beginning of the pandemic, if you like, in mid March, when this this struck, and and the reality was, we were going home, and in some cases, people like your parents and my parents and those over seventy, they were cocooning at home. Yeah. So in order for them to have outside of their home contact, technology became important, probably more important because they probably shied away from using it in some instances and I know personally speaking my father's only interaction was with the Paddy Power website he didn't do anything else and now he now needs to make phone calls to talk to his family, he needed to see his grandkids um, so we actually started talking in Mega Networks as a team we were talking about it one day and it was a common occurrence, everybody was saying it needed help and as you started then we started talking to more customers and um, and it was the same message. The, the people cocooning needed technical assistance because they haven't had to do it. So we set up a virtual support line. Yeah. And we said to people, call in. We have experts here. We can tell you how to set up a camera. Like you wouldn't believe the amount of people who called us who didn't know, had to know, how do you turn a camera, a rear-facing camera, to a forward-facing camera. Yeah. When you're over 70 and you haven't used that function before, that is stressful. Yeah. So being able to have a five-minute conversation with somebody and help them, you know that they've left that call 
able to make a phone call to somebody to give them a level of interaction they may not have had. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of tough because if you're used to doing things a certain way and suddenly, for example, you have a phone, suddenly it gives you a new update or you're on a computer, a new update and things you used to do aren't done the same way anymore. How do you do it when you, when you don't know how to do it? Exactly, and that causes a level of stress. There is enough fear and stress because of the pandemic. So as a society and as a business operator, art go away that stress where possible. And if it's the service we're delivering or you're buying from one of our competitors, we have a responsibility to help solve that issue. Yeah, and for me, I can imagine if somebody over 70, they don't want to have to always uh, bring up their children or grandkids. I've got a problem with this for that. They want to become more self-reliant if they can be. Well, one of the great stories we had um, coming into April last year, um, we had a gentleman from Carlo call into the virtual support line. And he was, he wanted, he'd been teaching his grandson how to play guitar. Yeah. And he wanted to continue the lessons. And within, I think the, I think the call lasted no more than 20 or 30 minutes. Would he then, uh, a, a, video, a picture of his grandson and himself uh, sharing a screen and continuing on their lessons. Yeah. It was just a fabulous story for us to get and to see that a 20-minute conversation, you can do that. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine who does that for a living. He's a, he's a guitarist and he plays in a few bands, but to make money, to make ends meet, he also is a guitar teacher and just does via Skype all over the world. He's doing it for like three, four years now. And uh, the pandemic, I think, might have brought him more clients because of this, which is great. And again, you're, this is the thing. He, he's been doing it that way. He's, he's fortunate enough to be able to do it that way. But there's others who haven't. And now you've got, you've got businesses who've had to flip how they do things. They've yeah. had to flip how they operate. Like even take takeaways. Not that we're not geared up to move into a takeaway environment. Yeah. But by building out, uh, by working with one of the delivery agencies, by building out a small online engine, having a bit of decent broadband in the, in the place that they're taking the orders, they're now able to continue to trade in some form. Yeah, earlier in the year, I interviewed a, a girl, a woman on my podcast who, who is a yoga and a fitness teacher. And she used to do classes in her local church hall. Because of the pandemic, that's gone down. She's now doing them online. And she's got more clients than ever from all over the world because she, because she could pivot online. And it's great. Yeah, yeah. But, but people have adapted. And I think... That's the one thing that we've, we've all had to do. We've had to adapt. If someone had told you two or three years ago, you're going to be working from home, you're going to be trading online, um, and 100% of your revenues will come from that way, you would, have, you, would have struggled to, you would have struggled to believe that as a nation we could adopt to that very, very quickly. But yeah. in the majority of cases, we have. And also, as well, I can think of somebody two or three years ago wouldn't it have been fun to have technology controlling their lives? No, I don't want that involved in my life. Now it's in their life and it's helping them and saving them and been a boon. This is the thing. It, it is, there, was a, there was resistance in, in, in some generations to, to parts of the technology and the level of control you can give. But if you can think now that as, um, if you have a parent that you're not able to, to, to physically go and see, 
but if you need to know that they're okay. There's multiple now devices out there that can show for assisted living, that can show that somebody has boiled the kettle, that somebody has TV, that somebody, you know, so you can start to see that there's activity in the home. So if you have an elderly parent um, and you want to make sure they're okay and you can't reach them by phone, by using Wi-Fi in the home and connected devices in the home, you can understand that they, they are moving about, that they are okay. Yeah. That's really important because I know with my parents, I can chat them every day and read the phone and it's great. And uh, now and again, we do a FaceTime, which, which I actually love doing. But when that first, that first came about, people were saying, what do you need FaceTime for? What do you need this and that for? But it's every generation has found a, new, has found a, a way of making it work. They have, and resilience and adaptability can only be done now because of what's presented with the technology that we It isn't something that you would have necessarily chosen to use a year or two ago, but actually I'd say if you spoke to a lot of people who've been using it for the last six months, they would say it's been the lifeline that they needed to keep them connected to people, keep them informed as to what's going on, and keeping them, giving them a bit of the social peace that every one of us are missing. Yeah, and I guess, for example, if you can see your grandkids in person, if you can see them via FaceTime or WhatsApp on video, video call, that gives them some happiness as well. Absolutely. It gives the grandparents happiness and it gives the grandkids happiness. They, they miss seeing each other. There's yeah. nothing like going to see your grand and getting a hug and having a cup of tea in your grand's house. And it can't be done. But everybody needs to know that it can be done again in the future, and in the interim, we can still see and interact. Yeah, because I, I, I guarantee you that right now, there's grandparents and grandkids that miss the hug and, see, and, and seeing each other. And when this pandemic is all over, you're going to see a lot of parties r- around the country of grandparents and grandkids. Yeah, I think 2021 will be the year of the party, I yeah. think. Any excuse to celebrate, we will all jump all over it. Yeah, and especially as long as the weather stays good and it's not raining, it'll be even better. It will be, but you know what? We can uh, we can invest it in a decent raincoat as well. Oh yeah, that, that's true. We can do that. But getting back to what you guys are doing, I mean, I guess you found a, a more uptake in your in your broadband uh, a, a broadband products over the past six seven months. We have. So at the beginning when it, when the pandemic started, I think a lot of a lot of business owners didn't know how long it was going to go on for. So they, they sent their people and everybody was to just cope with what they had. Very quickly though became apparent that home broadband with kids at home, with potentially another person in the home working from home as well, and just using standard home broadband services. It actually by week six became quite apparent that it wasn't good enough. And that's when we started to see a significant increase in people coming to ask us for a dedicated connection for their use in the home. Yeah. Um, and it led us to launching not only this service. So at the moment, we've just launched uh, services, uh, business broadband that's up to a gigabit um, of service. And that's the wide. But we also launched um, a 4G based service. Uh, to allow people to access um, broadband from a 4G service that may not have uh, good coverage for fibre connectivity. And that one in particular, we saw a huge uplift in it because what business owners were doing, they were able to their team member go home, work from home, use this device, 
and the device starts at €59. Euro. It's, in, it's self-installed. It's live within a day of the time you placed the order for it. It's shipped to anywhere in the country and you are connected. And we tested 91 locations around the country and we, we were blown away by some of the stories that we spoke to people, gentlemen um, in Drogheda. He worked on CAD drawings and he was used to working in an office that had massive internet connectivity. When he went home, he was on one and two meg and he couldn't actually do his job. So he was having to either go to somewhere else within the town to try and find connectivity that would allow him to do what he did for a living. Within, um, he had taken the broadband anywhere service. He attained 91 meg yeah. on a broadband, on a wireless broadband service. It meant he could do his job. Yeah. He didn't have to find an alternative location to do his job. He could still do it comfortably from home. I remember about 10 years ago, I was chatting with somebody, and uh, they lived in, uh, in Navin. And at the time, he had a scenario where the broadband there was non-existent, and they were using dial-up. And we were speaking to a local TD about mm-hmm. this. And a TD told me, you want to use broadband, here's what you do. You go and get a coffee or lunch at McDonald's, there's free Wi-Fi there. <laughs> I was actually part of the company to the McDonald's broadband Wi-Fi around the country. Yeah. Um, and you'd be surprised, four or five, six years ago, there was quite a lot of people going to a local restaurant, a local hotel, a local bar to get decent Wi-Fi. Yeah. That has changed, particularly in the last two or three years with Robolite. So what Mega Networks has done, we own about a million worth of physical broadband infrastructure around the country. But what we also have done is we have um, we, we now are an aggregator for all um, wholesale providers in Ireland. So we have wholesale agreements with every single connectivity provider in Ireland. Yeah. They come back into our into our head office in Clonchuck. And so if you call us today, we can tell you that give you multiple service options from one phone call. Yeah. We can tell you what broadband is connected to your business or your home within probably three or four minutes. And for me, what's scary is if you have people in the home, if you're living in a house with family and they're all on the broadband at the same time, you get a time where the connection ratio is so bad that you can't do a video call or anything else because what are they using the broadband? And that was that was some of the, the stories that you heard back in March and April. Thankfully, the kids are in school now. Yeah. But when the kids weren't in school, when they were they were supposed to be, and I'll use the word supposed to be, have as a mum of two boys, I can safely say supposed to be because, you know, doing six hours of school study, in my opinion, just wasn't practical. Yeah. But even when the kids were online, you couldn't potentially make a phone call if you were using a cell phone or get onto a video call because the upload just wasn't there. Especially if they're online gaming as well. Yes, well, during the school day, you try and not let them game, but um, absolutely happens. There's no question about it. And as soon as FIFA goes on or Fortnite goes on, you are guaranteed you are not making that video call. And if your boss is ringing, you shout down the kids to get off the computer. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky that I live alone, so I don't have to worry about uh, somebody else using it. But also, right now, I've got half a gig broadband speed, which is, which is amazing. Something I don't really need, but it's good to have it as a backup. Do you know, it's, it's, this is the thing. You have it, um, and 10 years ago, if somebody said, you know, we'll be delivering half a gig of broadband to a home, you would have dismissed us going, I'll never need that. However, if you think of that guy in Drogheda who's doing the CAD drawing, if you think of what you do for a living and yeah. you're uploading large files, yeah, um, and lack of contention are the two key things 
that mean you can do your job. Yeah, for me, what's scary is early in the year, my TV provider provided a new set-top box, which was great, because the other one was, was really awful. So I got that and said, oh, by the way, we're doubling your broadband speeds to uh, from 280 or 260 to uh, f- a half a gig. I said, that, that's great. I think yeah. it's going to cost you in the long term three euro, two, three euro more a month. I go, that's fine with that. I said, oh, no. oh, and if you change your modem for seven euro more a month, we can give you one gig broadband. I'm going, I don't need one gig. That's too, that's too much. But it's great to have the option of, of getting those fast speeds. Isn't it fabulous to have, that's the thing, having the option to say, well, I don't need a gig, but I'll take half a gig. Yeah. This isn't a conversation you and I could have had six or seven years ago. It just wasn't there. You were talking 24 meg. You know, that was where you were, that was where you were at. You were capping out at that. Say Magna Networks dug fibre into a, a residential and commercial development in Stralorgan called The Grange. Yeah. And we launched a gig service into each apartment. That's Very few of the residential users were using a gig, but it was interesting. There was a few people uh, operating their commercial premises from the residential apartment, and they were using a gig of service. Yeah. That was in 2014. I can remember about two years ago, I was at a press briefing uh, by my TV provider, and they were asked uh, right now, would there ever be a need for them to offer uh, one gig broadband? And they said... No, we don't need need for that because that's a that's not going to be something that's going to become important. Now they're offering one gig, two years later. Well, if you think about it, from, from operating a, a, a traditional home, be that an apartment, be that a three bedroom house, or if you're fortunate enough to have a six or seven, there is within the next two to three years, everything your home does will use your broadband service. Yeah. So your doorbell, your security, your TV, your phone calls. Even your family photographs, all of that is using the cloud. Yeah. So it will get to a point where the home will consume the gig of data. Yeah, and I'm lucky in my apartment, I've only got my, uh, my laptop, my tablet, my phone, my watch, and my TV that actually consume the broadband and nothing else is connected. But I, I guarantee if I was living in a house, I'd have more connected. Like I'd have my fridge probably the lights and everything else. But in the apartment, you can't fully do that, whereas with house, you can. So I can see more houses getting more connected online with their fridge, their lighting and everything else. They can sit inside, they're out somewhere. Yep. I want to put on the immersion heater so when I can have, I can have a, a nice bath or shower. I want to make sure that the uh, that uh, I'm, I can defrost uh, uh, some food I can cook when I get home. I can do all that via your phone and app. And, and this is this is the, the the reality that's upon us. So Mega Networks, we recently sold one of our sister companies, a company called Velocity One. They're based in Wembley Park in the UK. They yeah. literally uh, the the apartments that were part of the circumference the entire Wembley Park Stadium. But um, within this, it was designed as a smart city. So when you move into an apartment that you rent, uh, your rental fee includes um, management. Um, and control of your own apartment. So actually, in those living accommodations, what's connected is your cooker, your lights, your car parking. So as soon as you're one kilometre away from your apartment, when you drive into the borough of Brent on your way home to drive to your apartment in Wembley Park, your apartment within one kilometre, you can then control it. Yeah. 
as you're 300 metres from the apartment, your car parking space, the barrier will identify your number plate recognition. It will open for you. As you enter into the lobby, your phone will allow you access into the lift. It will allow you access into your home. And on your way up the stairs, the lights will have turned on. Your microwave or your oven could have started. Your washing machine could be powered on. That's how it's done. And that is, that's coming to Ireland. It's all with a number of developers. Yeah, and That I'll... will be the future of... of, of yeah, and for me, the good thing with that is that if, for example, there's a fire in a building, you know where everybody is. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And you know how many people are in each, each apartment. So you can make sure then that there is complete safety protocols in place. Yeah, and also when you're going in, it can, it can go to the footage on CCTV cameras and it can then say, oh, yeah, that's Louise, that's Roland, that's so-and-so because they know the face. So they can tell, yeah, that person is there or was there. So they know that they're safe yep, or not safe. There, there absolutely is. Now, there's also GDPR issues with that as well. So your CCTV camera has to, has to be compliant in the GDPR because, again, that's going to become more and more important um, in terms of protecting your own personal data. Yeah. But like you say, identifying who's in a building, but also it gives economies in terms of uh, green tech. So... You can power down a building during the day if there's nobody occupying the building. Yeah, there is no footprint then for that building until there's people in it. Yeah, because at the moment where I live in my apartment block, we have lights down in the basement and they won't turn on unless somebody is actually walking around in there. And then when you leave, they turn back yeah, off again. motion detection on the lights. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. That's, and I can see a lot more of that happening. The same when, I go, when I'm going through the corridors, exact same thing. It knows if it's during the daytime and it's bright, lights won't turn on. But at nighttime when it's dark and you're walking through, it knows what time it is, bam, they'll, they will turn on. But what's also happening now in smart buildings is it's able to disperse the Wi-Fi. Uh, so, for example, typically in a building, you would have individual Wi-Fi, um, SSIDs. Yeah. You'd also then have guest access Wi-Fi. But you can actually stop a portion of the Wi-Fi according to where the amount of devices are. So, for example, let's say you're in an office building and you've a, you've an open evening, you're bringing clients in um, and they're logging into the guest Wi-Fi. You can apportion a larger percentage of your broadband capacity to the Wi-Fi in that location yeah. for a period of time and to I guess, enhance the experience yeah, of the people coming in. Yeah, and I guess also it knows from your, from your, your previous patterns of if I do things, it can tell, oh, that's for Ones Louise, They've, she lives, lives in the apartment with her partner and, and, and their two or three kids. So therefore, they know how much, how much broadband and, and uh, to portion to them. So they don't they get the right amount they need and, and Absolutely. don't... Absolutely. Yeah, owned, owned or overused. Absolutely. But, and that's why I say broadband is classified now as the fourth utility. Yeah, well, to me, basically, it's... It is, it is a key component. Yeah, well, to me, it's like, basically... Years ago, when I said that what people need need in life would be uh, someone to eat, some food, uh, water, clothes, and, sh- and shelter. Now I consider broadband as part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. But isn't, isn't it fascinating having this conversation now? Yeah. If you just spoke to our parents who are currently cocooning, they would never have thought this day would be here. Yeah. And also, when you think about it, if you're now trying to deal with certain government departments and you've got to fill in forms... That's now done online. You can't do it in person anymore. 
No, um, and it's, it's and even with banking. There's yeah. very few people physically located in the bank. When you go in, you're greeted with a bank of machines that you're expected to interact with. Yeah. I'm lucky that with my bank, I can go in and deposit money and think this is great. But I do most of the banking now via my uh, phone app, which is great. Yeah. Uh, again, though, you and I can... It's the people that are our are, are older generations um, because they haven't been used to it. But people coming after us... That will be the done thing. Yeah. Using a mobile app to pay for things, to interact with your bank, cash and cards and all. It's only a matter of time before they're gone. Yeah, and I'm looking right now that I, when I go somewhere, I can pay I can pay using my phone and my watch. So I don't touch any device as such. I can just go and put it nearby and it, it's paid for, which is great. Yeah, and you know it's secure, which is even which which is what you need to be able to use the technology. Yeah, and also during a pandemic, it means you're touching less devices as well. Which Absolutely. Is important. Absolutely. And again, another thing that we wouldn't have thought about a few years ago. Yeah. And as as these devices now become more ubiquitous and in our pockets, we don't we don't realise that what we have can do a lot more than than it could do four years ago. So if you get a smartphone every two years, it's doing more than the previous generation could. So when suddenly you're told, oh, by the way, you're able to go and actually uh, pay for it by doing this and doing that on your on your phone. Because you use your phone for so long, you're used to using your phone, so it's not going to be an issue. Uh, look, that's, that's the, the, the thing for all of us. The phone is something we can't do without. Yeah. It is probably in our hand uh, 90% of the time. Um, and some people have a view that that's a bad thing. Some people have a view it's a good thing. At the end of the day, it's a device that helps us do things easier, quicker, and better. So yeah. embrace it as far as I'm concerned. Because I, I remember when they first came out with the very first camera phones, and I was thinking to myself, that's a gimmick. Why do we need a camera phone? And suddenly, <laughs> as phones have improved and got better and better, camera phones are something that we all need and, uh, and something that we can't live without. And I think, yeah, I can see why it's used now. And then they bought in video calls. We can see why it's used now. And it's great that this technology we didn't like, mm-hmm. we're now embracing and loving. But I suppose the, 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 the part of that conversation that I'm naturally inclined to, to look at is the technology that we're given wouldn't be as usable without connectivity. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the National Broadband Plan coming down the line. You've got a number of uh, new launched businesses like ours are doing that because technology is demanding the connectivity to make them efficient and make them work the best way they possibly can. And also it's been done at a price that is very affordable. 20 years ago, if you were using a camera phone to send a picture to somebody else, they got a, a compatible phone and the cost of sending that was maybe 30, 40 cents, whereas now it can be free. Yep, absolutely. And again, you know, if you're at home in your apartment and you're using Wi-Fi, it's completely free. Yeah. So that's what it's done for us. It's allowed us to, to communicate for free. Um, and yes, to a point, it's probably commoditizing broadband. But at the end of the day, similar to what we started talking about, which is you pay what you pay for. Yeah. If you want a service that's good, that's reliable, and when you have an issue, you have somebody that you can talk to. They're the key components as far as I would be recommending to anybody when you're looking at broadband. Yeah. Not just is it cheap. It might be cheap, 
But if you're getting what you pay for, look around the market. Look what's out there. And similar to buying an iPhone. Yeah. You buy it because you know it's reliable. There's service on it. You've got to do the same with your broadband connection because all of the things we've just spoke about won't work if your broadband connection is not live and up and running. Yeah, for me, it's like if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So there is an op- Look, the pandemic has made us evaluate things a little bit differently. We now understand that the level of service, that the, the CX report is showing us that people are not happy with how the communications sector have supported them during the pandemic. And that's why Magnet Networks, we've had a policy of speak to a human. At the time that we've been in existence, we're in existence since 2007. Yeah. We have always made sure that you talk to somebody rather than a machine because we understand it's a stressful time when something's not working. Yeah. And uh, I guess talking to a human being, it's... You realise you get the human touch. Oh, thank God, it's not a computer. It's somebody that can come later and and answer questions that I have right away. Well, I think that's the biggest thing that's missing is the level of empathy that needs to be extended on both sides. The person calling has a level of frustration. The person they're speaking to has a level of expertise, but they have to communicate so that they both understand what the issue is. And only human to human can do that. Yeah. Yes, there's no doubt AI will improve, and yeah, absolutely. But for now, talking to a human when you're stressed and when you need an issue solved, I don't think it's replaceable. No, and I think the basic is give me time now. When if you're living alone, you want somebody a reassuring voice you can talk to, it, so you can think there's life out there. I'm not alone. You're not alone, and there's somebody who has understood what your issue is the way you've explained it, yeah. not the way a machine has interpreted how you've explained it. Because I guess if you're telling the machine what your problem is, they're not going to get it, whereas the human person can understand what you're saying and have an idea, because maybe they know somebody who's got the same issue you've had, like their grandparents or parents or friends. They know what it's like, so they can actually deal with that in a humane way. Yes, and that's the thing. People need to interact with people so that we can understand from the tone of their voice what level of issue is happening and how we can solve it. Yeah, because a computer or a device cannot tell by your tone of voice what you're going through, whereas a human can. They can and if it's a video call, yep. they can see more and understand the stress you're going through and notice it. And they can calm you down and tell you, actually, what you're going through is fairly common. This is what we recommend you do. Try X, Y, and Z, and, and uh, any other problems, give us a shout back. But this is what you should be doing. Yeah, and and my name is, and I'm here to help, yes. and call if you need more help. You, you Instantly, you diffuse a level of fear or stress and go, okay, there's somebody who can actually help me and is hearing what's wrong with what, what I'm the ex- issue I'm experiencing today. Yeah, rather than have someone like Hal telling you what to do, there's somebody that's telling you what you would like. <laughs> them to do and and they're understanding the issue you have yeah. it doesn't matter that 500 people might have had it too and it's stored in the data bank of automated answers that the boss gives out actually we're listening to you as an individual telling our individual expert what's wrong and we work with you to get it fixed yeah and as you know each person's going to going to have different issues they're not all going to be the exact same so you can't have one size fits all 
No, you can't. And unfortunately, in in the call centre type world, there is a view that you can. There's a thing called first call resolution. Um, and it's a statistic that the business runs its operations by. It's not customer-centric. It's not focusing on the customer. Yeah. Our, our head of customer experience, he, it, it's, that, that terminology is not even, doesn't even exist in the business. Everything that we do focuses around the customer. And a customer tells us when, they, when they're satisfied that the issue has been resolved. Then we'll close the, the, the ticket that we've raised for that issue. But we won't do it until the customer has told us, I'm happy with what's happened and I'm okay to close. Because yeah, worse when you're in business and your business model, uh, mantra is we're going to try and do 20 tickets a- an hour. Well, in reality, that's not possible because each customer will have different needs and wants. And that's why the pandemic has, has brought it more to light that everybody's situation to that individual is completely unique. Yeah. Our job as a service provider is to explain to them that it's solvable. That's the main thing. When people call you, they're, they're in a stressful situation. They have to know that this issue can be solved, affecting either revenues or a production. So you've got to listen and understand what they're going through and assure them that you can solve it. Especially if they start getting hysterical and they're worried about how, how, what can they do. If you can have a reassuring voice, that calm down and tell them what the what is going wrong and what, how it can be fixed. That's even better. You know, you can actually when when you start to look at uh, customer interaction, as soon as um, one of the team introduces themselves and identifies themselves by name, instantly that applies a level of calmness into the call straight away. So the call will be heightened at that point before they spoke to somebody. But as soon as the person identifies and opens the call and says who they are, and they realise that they're talking to an individual, yeah, the stress levels drop. And also, the, the, and the, then they talk them through a series of questions. Yeah, and then I think I'm a name, not a number. Exactly. Yeah, because exactly. I've seen that we bring up somebody. Everybody. And, yeah. So go on. And that's the thing when you're when you're calling in, you can be on hold for 40, 50, 60 minutes. Magnet Networks are saying to our business customers, we're guaranteed when you call, we will answer, your human will absolutely answer your call. Mm-hmm. Average ring time is typically 11 rings. Yeah. And on top of all of that, within 30 minutes, we are guaranteeing that an expert will be looking at your problem. We've resourced the business to do that. We know that we don't exist as a business without customers. And customers only stay when you provide a service. There's been lots of talk in the media over the last year or two about brand love and people are, people are associated, you know, they, they love a brand. Personally, I don't believe in any of that. I believe customers love a service. And if the service is good, they'll stay. And yeah. if it's not, they will seek somewhere else. Well, at times, if you're, if you're with a certain brand, that brand is known for good service. That's even better. Absolutely. If you can, if you can establish your brand on service, then price really doesn't come into it. No, for me, it's always a, when I buy certain products, I'm buying it because I've used that brand before. I've had no issues. Any problems I've had, I've they've been dealt with in a purely great, efficient manner, and I know if it happened again, I could trust them to fix it. There you go. 
and, and and that's what people have to walk away from interacting with with mega networks that they know they can step away and you know yourself human nature is you tend not to to rip companies if they've given you a poor customer experience but you'll tell everyone how poor the experience was so that's why bringing people to a position where they'll talk to another individual where they'll feel that their issue has been addressed and where they'll be put in control to close off that ticket to say, are you happy that the issue has been resolved 100%? Yes or no? Yeah. If it's a no, that is there. Our expert continues to interact. And also now with social media, it's even easier to share your bad news about a company. It, it absolutely is. And, and that's, I suppose, the sad, the sad part of it. Uh, rarely will you see a social media post uh, lauding a company for excellent service. Um, even yesterday, I don't know if you saw the, the post made by Burger King in the UK. Um, and the headline was, Order from McDonald's. Um, and they were, as an organization, uh, saying support restaurant chains around the country. Buying a Whopper is always great, but a Big Mac can be okay too. Yeah. And they had over 10,000 posts on their social media. People were applauding them as the right thing to do. But there was a large cohort of people who saw it as a sinister way of trying to uh, drive revenues. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's easier on social media to hide behind your persona and bad feedback or give out bad information. Yeah. But it's great Not to so see... easy to go and tell the world how great somebody was. Yeah, it's great to see someone doing that. And for once, they're thinking about the real world and not themselves. But obviously, you'll get cynics who will always try and find something bad and everything that's good. You will. And the world would be a very boring place without, you know, everybody has a, play, a part to play. Yeah. Um, but I do think, as a service provider, our part to play is providing a service that, that stands head and, head and shoulders above our competitors. And we may never be the cheapest service provider in the market, but I guarantee you we will be the one that answers that call every time. And the thing for me is being cheapest, as you said before, isn't always the best. No. You've got to make sure that when you, whatever but, service you're paying for, you, you're getting what you want, which is good service, reliability, and you know that any issues can be dealt with in a quick, efficient manner. Absolutely. And I suppose it's, it's hard sometimes to, to look at other things beside price. Um, but when it becomes important is when you can't run your business or when the kids can't connect or when you can't make that important Zoom call. That's when the value of your broadband becomes so much more than price. Yeah. And I'm thinking that in, in the long term, in the future, there used to be the case of that when you're buying something, you always seem to go for the basically based on price, but now that's, that's all changed because in the long term, you're losing money, not saving money. Yeah, yes, you're 100% right. Um, but I suppose the one thing that everybody needs to be able to look at is go, where's the value in what I'm getting? And the value is it works, and the times that it doesn't, you have support with qualified people behind us. You know that your day is not going to be interrupted because the service hasn't worked and you couldn't get through to somebody. Yeah. At least you have an assurance that somebody is working. Yeah, because you get a scenario where money is time and time is money. There you go. Um, and, and weighing up which one which one comes first. Yeah. Uh, sometimes can be a hard thing to do, but when you're in that sticky moment and you need something solved, 
you want to be talking to the best. Yeah, and you want to make sure that within the hour you're going to be back doing your, doing your routine you've been doing for the past so many days or whatever it is. And I know that I can get back to what I was doing and not, no, no cares or worries in the world. Absolutely. Broadband should never be a reason for a care or a worry. It yeah. should always just work. But when it doesn't, you got to know, like you said, solve it. And I, I'm assured it's been solved. I remember when it first came out broadband years ago, you had to dial, dial into it. And that to me was a bit of a nightmare. That's gone now, thank God. And it's just clicks and works yeah. instantly. I, I, I worked for one of the first providers, a company called Ireland Online, way back in the 90s. I know them very um, well. And like Dylan noise. <laughs> yeah. that dial in that dial up noise very few people would recognise that now if you played it out there yeah, very I, very few people I can remember years yeah I can remember years ago when I was starting to use a bit online I joined this thing called ESAT No Limits and you, you paid about 20 or 30 pounds a month back then and it, it guaranteed you unlimited usage on, online so I started using that and I got him a press I got in a phone line for that only. So I'm gonna use that. And then I was banned because I was using service too much. Yeah, there's a wonderful phrase called a fair usage policy. Yeah. Um Comreg have actually changed that last year. Uh Comreg have instruction on consumer based services. Uh, unlimited must be quantified. Yeah. So there must be a number put on what unlimited really is unless it's truly unlimited and even a truly unlimited you need to check the T's and C's to make sure there is a truly unlimited within your T's and C's yeah the funny thing was when I'd actually uh, was back in service uh, there was a user group that was set up to uh, complain about this and about that was back in about 2002 and about 8 years later like 90 days I was back in, I was back in NCI doing the college course and the guy who found the group was in my class Said it's a small world, so you're the guy who set that up. Yeah, it's a very small world when you when you live in telecoms as long as you and I have yeah. in Ireland, because like that, there was a, an IOL user group at the time, um, and and a lot of them have stayed within the telecommunications sector because it is an industry to be in. It's exciting. It's always changing. There's always something new. Yeah, and uh, I, I've been in technology for so long now. I've been using bro internet. Since the uh, early nineties, but I first started going online with my prop uh, properly with my, on, on on a computer in my own home and in my parents' home was back in the nineteen ninety seven when I bought my first modem and put it into my computer, and since then I've been using it quite a bit, and I know how technology has changed and how slow it was and how fast it is now, and I cannot go back to to dial up anymore. That would kill me. Uh, but you know the scary thing is some people in our country today can only get dial-up speeds. Oh, I know that. I've seen that, and it's sad. That scares yeah, me. So there's a huge responsibility on companies like Mega Networks and, and, and the National Broadband Plan to make sure that every business and every home has a connectivity option yeah. available. Because, for example, right now during the pandemic, what people are saying, you've been able to go online and watch a box set. And you can't watch that unless you've got a decent broadband service or speeds. Exactly, exactly. And the message we, look, I, I work for a broadband company. You're not just I say the message for us has always been about connectivity. But now more than ever, if 
you're 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 trying to to run a business or run a home without broadband, you are going to struggle. It's going to be tough. I know, for example, when I'm watching online streaming services, they say you need five megabytes uh, to be able to, to use the service. Now, I know people haven't got that. We'll, we'll never get that. I might get two meg at the most. And I feel sorry for them not being able to actually yeah. have a reason, reasonable service. But I do think that's changing. I think, I think particularly with the rollout of the National Broadband Plan, I think it's, it will be good for the country. Yeah. I also think with companies like our own that are putting out the broadband anywhere service, that's that's making use of the mobile infrastructure that's in the country. Yeah. Um, I do think we're we're getting closer. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier about your your four G service, which I think is going to be a uh, product's going to be used more and more if you're living in like a farm in nowhere. Well, the uptake of that uh, that product alone was it, that 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 actually that's been our our biggest product that has sold um, in, in, in volumes that we wouldn't have expected. Um, because what it means is you can take the device, put it in your home today. You can pick it up and take that device to your office. You yeah. can take it down to your parents. The device can move with you. So what a lot of business customers have done is they purchased the device for their home, but they're actually, they brought it back to the office and use it as a backup service. Yeah. Which is handy. It's what you need. And you always need a backup just in case. You do. And, and again, it comes down to service other than price. It comes down to service. How important is the broadband connection to what you're doing today? Well, to me, it's like it, you, when you have a car, you buy car insurance. Chances are you might need it. But when you do need it, it's there. And with this backup service, it's like insurance. You might need it, but it's there just in case. Yeah. And challenge being... If you're having an issue today, do you want to talk to a human or do you want to talk to a machine or do you want to queue and being told we'll interact with you via text message? I know which one I'll be picking. You already want to hear the same annoying song played over and over as you're waiting on hold. <laughs> Look, that's a fact of life. Yeah. Well, I, I, marketing is my bread and butter. We'll always play the ads. Um, the ambition that we have, you don't hear them. You speak to a human. Yeah. And if you do hear a song, it's not long enough that's going to go in your head and, 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 and try and kill you. <laughs> it's something that will haunt you for the rest of the day. Yeah, because I've been the past, we ring up somebody and you hear this tune that's playing. You're thinking, God, I hate this tune, but I have to listen in because if you put, you, you have to listen in in case someone talks to you. But you don't know when, when it's going to be. Yep. When it's going to be, there's a level of anxiety. You sit on there waiting to hear where you are, either in a call queue or waiting for that awful important hello. Yeah, and then you've got the scenario where your boss is telling you to get to do some work, but you can't because you're stuck. So you can't do any work because you've got a problem, you've got to get fixed. You don't know how long it's going to be. You, you say, well, I'm on the phone to them to try and get it fixed, and I don't know how long it's going to be. And he goes, why not? Because you don't. And that doesn't have to be the case. No. We just got to start valuing the importance of speaking to a human and knowing that that's part of what you're paying for. So we're going back to the, to the beginning again where we're talking to you and being on another computer. Absolutely. That's, that, that's the one thing that out of, out of this fabulous conversation that we've had is there's no doubt technology and computers are vital to what we do. But the human touch particularly when it comes to solving technical support issues, it cannot be ignored and it cannot be undervalued. So if, for example, 20 years ago we were doing something like this 
and you you're dealing with a customer, you were dealing with a real human being and, and not a computer. And about ten years ago, five years ago, you were dealing with a computer, but now you're dealing with a computer and a person as well. Bit of both, which is great. A bit of both, and and look, that's all what makes sense for companies like Magna Networks and for 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 our customers. You need to know that you can interact with us whatever way suits you. But at the end of it, there is a human, not a computer-generated piece of AI that's solving the problem for you. The AI can can that's be of use, heard. but limited use. It can. And there's no question, in, in, in years to come, it, it will absolutely become vital to many, many industries. But speaking from Magna Networks' perspective, the human touch is something that we, we plan on maintaining well into the future. So in about 100 years' time, you'll still be a human being at the end of the phone you can talk to. <laughs> you'll have to pay an awful lot extra for it in 100 years' time. Yeah, and probably be like a hologram. So we've, if a hologram would appear <laughs> wherever you are and then tell you what's the problem. And then you can like, oh, I can see what it is. Yeah. You didn't plug the plug in, the cable in properly. <laughs> or the yellow, it should have got into the yellow port yeah. in the hundred years time. That human touch, uh, as you said yourself, it may be in the form of a hologram, but uh, you'll be paying a significant amount more for a service that has a human in a hundred years time, I might suggest. Yeah. I'm thinking of the TV show, The IT Crowd, where they always used to say, uh, we try to turn off and on again, when internet was in a box. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the fabulous part of IT. Yeah, that, that's the, uh, the good, bad and the ugly. Yeah, but sometimes it works, let's be fair. It's something I do by default at first. Yeah, well the thing is, you know it works because you, you've done it so much over the years that you know issues yet. That's why we've done it and it works. You got other guys haven't got it, but you've got that and you know exactly. basically that people want a human being on the end of it. It might cost more money to do this, but in the long term means that we will get to repeat business. Uh, that's what I think as a society and I think uh, we've probably undervalued for a very long time. Companies that give us the service um, with the human touch that go above and beyond, we'll stay loyal to them. But I think we've accepted that it's sometimes okay to stay on hold or to go through a list of pressing certain digits to get to speak. And, and that's just not okay. Yeah, because When, when you, you need service and you need support, yeah. you need to talk to someone. Because when you go and throw you pressing buttons, press button one, then they give you an option of, of things. So you spend five minutes on the phone going through all, all these options. Before finally you said... You want to talk to a human being, press zero. Why couldn't that be there from the very start? Yep, absolutely. Instead of pressing star and zero and hash and hoping somebody will pick up the phone. Yeah, and then they'll go, okay, so what is, what is uh, the problem you're facing? Are you a home user, a business user? And what if you're, what if you're both? You got to choose one or the other and then when you get somebody in the end, oh, sorry, you treated to the wrong person. I only do business, I don't do home. <laughs> And, and that's where your frustration and your stress levels increase. Yeah, and then that's it, not something you want to be dealing with as a customer. And then you put back on hold to somebody else to deal with. So, yeah, we'll put you back on hold. And you're waiting for somebody to pick it up. And then suddenly yeah. your call gets dropped. So you're starting again from zero and your your uh, temperature is rising. And you're starting again, hoping you don't cut you off like last time. 
Mm-hmm. And imagine how you're feeling when you eventually get to talk to somebody. You're so cross that articulating what your issue is is now diluted because you're so cross with the experience you've had before you even get to someone who can help solve your problem. Yeah, and you're sitting there going, and I don't effing blind and swear, but that I'm, I'm you're thinking you don't swear, but you end up do swearing of some sort because of what's going on. You can't handle it. The stress gets to you. Yep. And that's why I think it's ever more important to look at what you're paying for and to make sure there's the level of value. You may not be paying the 10 or 20 broadband service. You may end up paying the 30 or 40 or 50 euro. But when you do, be assured you've got a service that that's backed by. Because I find it's not, I'm, I'm lucky that with my broadband, I've had no issues. A couple of times it's, it's gone down, but just trying to move them off and on again, it's been good. But I know others who've had other issues with broadband and it, it, it can be a pain to deal with because you're not always dealing with the person who understands what you're going through and you're waiting a long time to get through to them. And even then they can't help you because they've got limited scope what they can do. Yeah, um, and solving that problem in the first call resolution, as I'd mentioned earlier, that's a stat that a company can measure their performance. Yeah. It's not thinking about the customer. Yeah, because I know for a fact that my parents' broadband... That's what's most important. ...is, is bad. I won't say who they're with, but their provider times could be... Uh, ...is not doing things that could be done. And when you call up with a few queries, sorry, we, do, we don't support that. Try using something else. And I'm thinking, hold on, well, I'm talking about the most popular product in the market for certain, pro- certain, the certain things, and you, you're saying we don't support it. I don't quite get that, but that's their way of trying to make sure that they don't have to do, do, deal with clients or customers. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a broadband service. If it's if if job is to, of a broadband provider is to make sure that your parents' home is serviced with the speeds that they firstly paid for and that the service is a reliable service, that it can function as they expect it to function. Yeah, well, in their case, at a minimum, any service provider has to be delivering that. Yeah, well, in their case, it wasn't speed. It was the fact that they were trying to get email working on a new computer, and it wasn't, uh, they weren't being supported. It, the service wouldn't support Outlook properly. And they were told, you, your best yeah. thing to support is to use our webmail service. That works better. No, POP3 and SMTP mail, they're always going to be there for us. They're, they're cornerstones to, to, to standard email platforms. So I think any broadband connection needs to be able to support either a POP3 or a, an SMTP mail. Well, it did in the end by using an alternative product, but the one that we all, all used to using doesn't work with it, and it's kind of strange. So I managed to get my father working in a workaround, but I said, don't go near webmail because there's no point doing that. You don't need that at all. So, but uh, on that yeah. note, I mean, I'm, I'm looking that there's guys like you who are able to go out there and provide a service that works. You're a human being, you have a human touch, and no one's suddenly going to feel feel angry or sad because they're not getting what they pay for. Exactly. There's a value in good service. Yeah. And for a long time, it's been it's been undervalued, but it's 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 time to realize of the value of a full service. Yeah, and Louise, on that note, thanks for for, uh, for a great enlightening chat. It was good talking to you, and uh, hopefully the p- pandemic is, is, is going to be good for you guys, and that you're not sitting in one of those businesses that suddenly have issues, and that when the Bob Brown plan is fully co- 
come to light. You guys are involved some way along the line or helping to uh, fill, uh, fill the gap. I believe it will, Rodan. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, thanks for that. Take care. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.